Good morning. You are listening to KPOO San Francisco 89.5 and on the World Wide Web at KPOO.com. This is Prison Focus Radio. Slavery is back. In fact, it was never abolished. The 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution abolished slavery, except in prison. At the current rate of incarceration, by the year 2010, the majority of all African-American men between 18 and 40 will be in prison. The state as their captor. It's going to take people who are willing to fight, not people who want to negotiate with the enemy. Beautiful people, 
I want to thank you for joining me this morning. This is Nube, your host on Prison Focus Radio. We are going to get started with a very positive and uplifting show. But before we do, I want to remind you that KPOO San Francisco 89.5 is in a fun drive until the end of the year. We are trying to raise $75,000 for this magnificent local radio show that can be heard throughout the world. Um, do what you can to dig as deep as you can. This is a community effort, which makes it that all the more beautiful. I am so proud to be able to host this hour of Prison Focus Radio so that we can hear issues relating to prisoners, prison issues, and all the issues that are surrounding it. Remember that Uh, We are living in the age of modern-day slavery as codified by the exception clause to the 13th Amendment. All right. To make those donations to KPOO, please, you can uh, send in your donation to KPOO P.O. Box 156650, San Francisco, California, 94115, or go to kpoo.com and click there and make a donation. Again, that address to help support this amazing radio station, KPOO, is KPOO PO Box 156650, San Francisco, California, 94115, or go to the website kpoo.com and click there to make a donation. Thank you again, KPOO, for providing this hour of Prison Focus Radio every Thursday here at 11 a.m. All right, we are going to get started today. I want to give a big shout out to to all of our community members, our loved ones, our friends, our family who is behind the walls, and also to your family members. I also want to remind you to please Take a breath when you can. Attend to your self-care because that is the best way that you can be a force in your community. This, too, is a community effort. We must empower ourselves and each other. It's only through community and the power of the people that change is going to come. I know everybody is feeling the anxiety around this uh, voting season, this electoral season. But again, vote from a place of strength. Yes, I'm encouraging you to vote. Again, though, if you are choosing not to vote or you still don't know who or what to vote for, take a breath. Turn to your community. See how every move you make empowers your community. All right. Thank you again for joining me. We are going to get started with a conversation that I had with Lisa Strawn, who inside developed um, an organization, a program called Positive Actions Create Everything. She really is incredibly positive. I think you will be very uplifted um, listening to this conversation. And without further ado, here we go. Good morning, everybody. Uh, I have Lisa Strawn here with me this morning. We are going to be in conversation 
Thank you, Lisa, so much for joining me. I'm very excited about the conversation ahead. And I would love for you to introduce yourself, just kind of um, give a little background however you want, um, uh, just to let the, the listeners know a little bit about who you are. And then let's just get right into the life you are living right now. Yeah, this is um, this is Lisa Strawn. I'm a trans woman. I have been out of prison going on a little over 100 days. I was released from San Quentin, sent to board. I had a July sentence for three strikes burglary. I was found suitable. Because of COVID, I was released a little sooner. I did also get COVID. I was at San Quentin when COVID first began. And by the time I got out, there were at least um, almost a thousand people who have been infected with COVID-19 at San Quentin. Mm. Welcome yeah. home. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, been, it's been very interesting for me. I was put in a, a, a woman's program, transitional housing on Treasure Island. I worked really hard to get to this program, extremely hard. I did have help from um, the Department of Corrections. Uh, headquarters because I got to meet some of the people who would come inside the prison. So um, I was supposed to go back to San Bernardino County where my case was. I refused to go. We worked really hard and in seven days I am now in San Francisco and this is where I worked really hard to come to. Fortunately for me I met um, amazing people who work outside of prison that would come inside of prison. So this is how I got to come to San Francisco. My life has not been that easy since I've been out. I still don't have a job. That is a hard part. Um, I am 62. I do not look 62. I do not feel 62. So when you do an application for a job online, they see 62 and they think, oh, well, my spirit is 35 and I look 40. So that's a problem. Um, being at the transitional housing on that, I am the first trans person to be at this place, this facility. Um, I'm not really allowed to say exactly where I'm at. I actually stepped down from this program because the organization did not feel that I really needed that part of the program because I have been drug free for almost 26 years. And Congratulations. I'm not, yes. And I'm not using now and I'm not going to. So I am the first person in this program to ever step down within two months. It usually takes so women, cisgender women, six months, it took a trans person to come in there, hold court, take notes, and get up out of there in two months, which is what I did. I'm very proud of myself for that, but it just shows, it really shows the person I am. I'm very responsible. Uh, very reliable, I'm dependable, and um, life, is, life has been really, it's been interesting for me. Um, I haven't really looked at negativity. Just the things that have happened to me have been amazing. Um, I'm still involved with really, really great people around me, and I surround myself with positivity. I just don't have time for negative at all. I just can't do it. I wake up every day, and I really put my feet in the right direction every day I wake up. Every day in this event for me, putting, I have on um, bedazzled shoes today that I got from Skechers. They're really cute. 
everything is an destiny. Putting on my shoes, my stuff. They should play music because I'm like a little kid now. This is the first time in all my years that I really wanted to be out. I'm really enjoying my freedom. I'm enjoying being a voice. I have a big mouth. I had a big mouth in prison, and my voice now is freedom. Can no one shut me up out here? I'm involved in everything. When people ask me to show up, I'm there. I am so there. It doesn't matter if it's a protest at St. Quentin, City Hall, about housing. I'm able to speak out about everything. And the big issue for me right now, my big concern is, is what's going on in San Quentin. Um, with all these rulings about the judge saying to reduce the population, but what's at risk is moving people out of the prison as opposed to releasing them. I think we should be releasing people People eligible for relief, the life of Jake needs to be moved up. The people who have gotten COVID inside of San Quentin in any prison, I'm sorry. They should be relieved. It, it's just very, it's very unfortunate that this has happened. This is the state of the world. This is the way things live. But we just need to do more. I think everyone can just do more every day to bring awareness to this issue. COVID is not going anywhere. It's really not going anywhere in prison. Um, so, Lisa, I wanted to ask you, you have this wonderful voice for freedom, like you say, is that, did you gain your voice when you were inside or did you already have this very strong voice to speak out? I really, I really took my dig now seriously. It was about, it was eight years ago and I was at CMS Acreville. And I ran for um, the first ever transgender election um, to be on the IAC Inmate Advisory Committee. And I was elected to represent all the transgenders in the prison. And that's when I really became someone to be, to be noticed. I started working with a lot of organizations on the outside, 15 organizations outside of prison and I'm still and when I say contact this is constantly I'm still in contact with all of these people so they were really the source behind me and once I became the transgender rep I decided that I wanted to put a group inside of um, CMS Sackerville there were already two LGBT support groups and a transgender group but I wanted another one, so I created a paint group. It's called Positive Action Tree Everything. And it just became one thing after another. The more things I did, the more things I wanted to do. But I had to broaden my, um, my range, not just about transgender and not just about LGBTQ people, but about issues, issues that concern everyone inside of prison and now outside of prison. So I worked really, really hard, and I knew it would pay off. And it wasn't until I went to San Quentin. I was only in San Quentin two years. But the first day I got there, I knew I had to sit up, and I knew I had to really do something really, really great. So being that prison, I come from a different world than the men do, so this is a man's prison. So here I'm a trans woman inside of a man's prison. And I knew it was like a competition. So I had literally, like I said, I had to sit up, sit up straight, 
And every time I walked into a room, I had to make sure I owned that room. So if I walked into that room every day, seven days a week, I had to own it like it was the first time. So I began to kick down the doors. That in journalism, I graduated from journalism. And congratulations again. Miss Yakari, Miss Yakari Kane was my instructor. I adore her. She's a badass woman. I'm still in contact with her. Um, she is an amazing woman. I already knew how to write. I've been published almost 60 times. I've been two books, one by my best friend, Ashley Asti. She lives in New York City. I've been on the podcast for Orange is the New Black. I've done amazing things, but I've had so much help. People haven't just dropped things in my lap if I've worked for it. I've created a name for myself because of my involvement and my big mouth. Eight years later, here I, here I am. I'm free. I'm going to protest. I'm making statements with the things that I do. Um, I'm aligned with um, wonderful organizations now with This Is With Voices. Um, we Are Their Voices. I'm just amazed that all the people that are really reaching out to me now and um, I'm having the best time. Once again, I don't have a job right now, but I know things are coming for me. Um, I'm very optimistic. I just, um, I'm just enjoying every day. I'm enjoying my freedom to, to the fullest, to the fullest. I wish I could vote. Oh my God, this is an important election right now. Just, it's so important. I just pray everyone gets out and vote. We need to restore voting rights for those getting out of prison because I'm telling you, that's what freedom is. You cannot be free. You cannot tell someone they're free if they cannot vote. So this is so important to me. I wish I could vote. Oh, my goodness. I wish I could. Now, I actually oh. got a ballot. I got a ballot in the mail because once you go to the Department of Motor Vehicles, and you register, you know, you get an ID, they send you about it, which is crazy to me. It's oh, crazy. Right? Wow. Would you I would love for you to talk more about uh, that, if you will, um, about your your desire to vote, really what that means. And I also find it interesting that one thing that you brought up is your age and how you feel so young. <laughs> and that you look younger than you are, and how, I mean, we talk about checking the box for, like, if you're a convicted felon, for instance, I hate that word, but that, but there's ageism that you're dealing with as well as a barrier, and I know that you are just so positive, and you're going to move through these things, but I, I would love to get your take on, on those two issues, like these, these two uh, very unfortunate um, barriers, and just how you you know dig down a little bit more drill down a little bit more about how you feel about those oh my god um i literally have not aged um <laughs> i still feel i mean spending 25 years in prison i still feel 35. i um i i don't know how it feels to be 62. i got to and, and celebrate my first birthday out of prison so I was extremely happy. I didn't really do anything special. I went to, uh, I wanted to be the homeless. That's all I wanted to do. I didn't want to do anything else. And I took them through down to a homeless thing. That's all I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to celebrate. I just, just enjoying being out. But um, I don't know. Um, my age 
it's amazing because even in prison, staff are like, they wanted to see my ID. They could not believe my age, but I've always, <laughs> I just have good female genes from all my females in my family. I've been passed down to me and, um, I just, I just embrace my, my spirit. Um, I think what really it just motivates me just every day is because everything is just really new to me. Once again, it's like I'm I'm a little kid and I'm just really this is the first time I'm I've never been happy. This is the first time I've ever been happy in my entire life. This is this is this is just it's the best to me. And um I may have I may have days where I don't feel so positive, but then I make it positive. Because if I don't do it, who's going to do it for me? And this is something that I try to tell people. Yesterday, I got up and I texted 14 people, people that I know, and only one person was a family. Two people were family members. The rest were just people that I work with, involved with. And I texted him and I told him to have a good day today. And this is what this is what life is about for me is. We, we have to really, we have to work together and we have to take care of each other because no matter if you're trans, if you're gay, if you're lesbian, if you're straight, if you're black, you're Muslim, whatever you believe in, we have to look out for one another. It is so important. And voting, oh my God, voting is key. If you don't vote, you can't sit back and bitch, moan and complain about what happened. It is important. You just have to defer, which is which is the best thing for not just not just for yourself but everybody. Um, voting is it means the world to me. So in four years, I'll be I'll be able to vote. Mm-hmm. I'll be off getting off parole. By the way, people, I'm getting off parole. Um, yes, yes. I just, it's just um, it is. Oh my God, it is so important. It. That's what freedom is. But then when you sit back and you say, what, what really is freedom? I'm sitting here and I'm looking around where I'm sitting. I'm at Moscone Center and I'm looking. I can see in the glass and I can see all these high-rise buildings behind me. This is where freedom is. No one's bothering me. No one's paying attention to me. No one even knows I'm trans out here. I just blend in. I just do me and I just go. And that's what life is about. It's just being content with who you are every day. It's not about age. It's not about gender. It's not about sexuality. It's just, I'm living the moment. I'm still in the moment right now. Oh, Lisa, it's so beautiful to hear you say that. Uh, we were, uh, my, my fiance and I um, were just in conversation with uh, a, a, some, some students and their teacher and the, there was a panel and, um, one of the things that they, uh, one of the students asked about uh, what's the, what's one of the challenges with, uh, with being an activist? And one of the answers that came up uh, was this real need to take care of yourself so you can take care of others, this balance of self-care. Mm-hmm. And it seems like you really have that um, very strong within yourself, that really taking the time to enjoy life despite all of the, the craziness that's going on, basically. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask you, is that something that you had within yourself when you were inside? Uh, or is it something that you or developed when you were inside? Um, or is it just 
who you are, or is it just who you are? I think it was the the more excuse me the more things I accomplished, the more things I wanted to do. I am a person who's driven who's driven by challenge. So no, no is not a word in my vocabulary because we can do anything that we choose to do if we just do it. We just have to set our mind into it. Um, and that's why I de- I developed I developed a sincere a sincere responsibility as who I am as a person, and that's why now people reach out to me because I am I'm a valuable source. If I'm putting something out on Facebook, they're not well. She's not lying. There was something today I tweeted about. I saw, I love to post people's stuff on my page. So if I see something, there was a, um, there was something, that this is domestic, um, domestic abuse month. And so I saw something about it's not acceptable for a man to hit a woman. So I tweeted this out to um, the San Quentin News crew, to We Are Their Voices, with voices, so many people. And some man tweeted back about an issue he had with, a woman that he brought from another country and turns out he caught her with some other man. Okay, well, that's a personal issue. That's got nothing to do with what I'm talking about. So I told this man on Facebook, stay off my page. This is about violence. This isn't about your issue. And everybody was like sticking up for me, like, yeah, Lisa, you're right. And people were tweeting out because you have to stick to an issue. Don't bring your craft to to the table if it's not about that agenda. And I'm very vocal about it. I don't care. I'm vocal on Facebook. I'm vocal in public. It's the way you have to be because I can't sit back and wait for someone else to do this work. If I don't do it, I just didn't wait and no one is going to do it. So I have to be involved because again, I'm driven by challenge. Well, Lisa, you are, um, I love your drive. It's so positive. Um, and I, I love your, your easy confidence um, and knowing your worth. And I think um, I just so appreciate it. And it, it's so necessary to hear that. There are so many people who are marginalized. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the society that we live in are ostracized. And I come from that. So why why am I going to sit around and not understand the Black Lives Movement or hashtag me too? You know, and that's another thing. The Lives Matter movement is only owned by two. And it is Black Lives Matter and Black Trans Lives Matter. It is not it is not affiliated with anyone else. So you cannot use that hashtag. And that was something that has been embedded in, in my brain. You know, yes, all lives do matter, but we already we already know this. But there are people, there are Hispanics, there are Asians. I went to a protest um, last month and met up with my, my dude, Senator Winger. Yeah, I brought him to San Quentin and I met up with him. He was at the park and I was protesting with Asians. Because of how they're being treated and how they're mis- they're misrepresented and things happening in their community, here I am, a white trans person with with Asians. No one said nothing to me. 
I was just living, and that's what society has to be. We cannot do this if we're separated, and we are separated, and we're going to stay separated until we sit down and we have these conversations. It's just, it's a never end. Agreed, agreed, and I would love to, um, I would love to leave it there because you're really talking about building community, building community, uh, how I'm hearing it is building community power, being in conversation with one another is about our humanity. It's meeting each other at the human level. Um, but I want to give you the last word um, on, you know, what you want ultimately. I mean, I think you've been saying it, but I want to give you the last word on what you want people to um, walk away with after listening to you today. Mm. Simple. Transgender, gay, bisexual, gender nonconforming, heterosexual, black, Hispanic, Asian, Muslim. We're all the same. We're people. And we all want to be greeted as people. I'm not different. I'm only different if you point it out. That's the only time I become different. No one knows I'm trans. In prison, people knew because I was in a man's prison. Out here, no one is pointing at me. And it isn't, it isn't because I'm passable, because I don't like that word passable. It's just because I'm a person. I'm involved. My life matters. Everyone matters. So I just want to leave everybody with, with people. We deserve better. We all deserve better. Thank you, Lisa. You are just, uh, you're just wonderful to know. You were dynamic on, on stage when you were speaking. And uh, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Uh, you are a real powerhouse, and I hope we will speak again. Yes, we will. <laughs> okay. Enjoy the beautiful day that is before you. And yeah. um, all right. We'll talk again. You take care, Lisa. Okay. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There's and so you... many people who are marginalized. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the society that we live in are ostracized. And I come from that. So why why am I going to sit around and not understand the Black Lives Movement or hashtag me too? You know, and that's another thing. The Lives Matter movement is only owned by two. And it is Black Lives Matter and Black Trans Lives Matter. It is not it is not affiliated with anyone else. So you cannot use that hashtag. And that was something that has been embedded in, in my brain. You know, yes, all lives do matter, but we already we already know this. But there are people, there are Hispanics, there are Asians. I went to a protest um, last month and met up with my my dude, Senator Winger. Yeah, I brought him to San Quentin and I met up with him. He was at the park and I was protesting with Asians because of how they're being treated and how they're mis- they're misrepresented and things happening in their community. Here I am, a white trans person with with Asians. No one said nothing to me. I was just written, and that's what society has to be. We cannot do this if we're separated, and we are separated, and we're going to stay separated until we sit down and we have these conversations. It's just it's a never end. Agreed, agreed, and I would love to... um, 
I would love to leave it there because you're really talking about building community, building community, uh, uh, how I'm hearing it is building community power, being in conversation with one another is about our humanity. It's meeting each other at the human level. Um, but I want to give you the last word um, on, you know, what you want ultimately. I mean, I think you've been saying it, but I want to give you the last word on what you want people to um, walk away with after listening to you today. Simple. Transgender, gay, bisexual, gender nonconforming, heterosexual, black, Hispanic, Asian, Muslim. We're all the same. We're people. And we all want to be greeted as people. I'm not different. I'm only different if you point it out. That's the only time I become different. No one knows I'm trans. In prison, people knew because I was in a man's prison. Out here, no one is pointing at me. And it isn't, it isn't because I'm passable, because I don't like that word passable. It's just because I'm a person. I'm involved. My life matters. Everyone matters. So I just want to leave everybody with, with people. We deserve better. We all deserve better. Thank you, Lisa. You are just, uh, you're just wonderful to know. I am so glad that we met. And of course, we met at a San Quentin protest. Just so fabulous. Just so fabulous. And um, yes, you were dynamic on, on stage when you were speaking. And uh, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Uh, you are a real powerhouse, and I hope we will speak again. Yes, we will. <laughs> okay. Enjoy the beautiful day that is before you. And yeah. um, all right. We'll talk again. You take care, Lisa. Okay. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We're just tuning in. This is Prison Focus Radio, and I am your host, Nube Brown. I have been in conversation with Lisa Strawn. She is a newly returned community member, and we are very happy to have her with us. We are going to take a musical break before I come back with another very uplifting and victorious voice from Jay Renee. But before we get into that, I want to remind you that we are in a fundraiser here at KPOO, and you can go to kpoo.com, click there and make a donation, or you can send your donation in to KPOO, P.O. Box 156650, San Francisco, California, 94115. All right, without further ado, we are going to take a musical break and come back with Jay Renee. Look at how far we've come Look at how many didn't last this long Baby, we're so strong And all the lies that they told about us Unbreakable 
such a beautiful, uplifting song. And without further ado, again, here is Jay Renee, Documentarian. All right. Good morning again. If you are just tuning in, this is Prison Focus Radio here on KPOO San Francisco 89.5. And I am your host, Nube. And I am now here with Bay Renee, And she is going to introduce herself um, and talk to us about 
GMAC, Gangsters Making Astronomical Community Changes. Thank you so much, Jay Renee, for joining me this morning. Hey, good morning. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Yes, thank you. Um, this is going to be a real gift. So I would love for you to start with just introducing yourself. Uh, yeah, just let the listeners know who it is that we are going to be in conversation with. And then, yeah, please get right into GMAC, this wonderful grassroots organization. Okay, sure. Well, my name is Jay Renee, and I'm with Hip Hop Humanism. And I am a humanitarian, I'm an activist, I'm a visual journalist, I'm a freelance journalist, and I am just a person for the greater good. So when we talk about GMAC, so how I found out about GMAC first is I was in Baltimore at uh, a get-together that was called um, King Stop Killing Kings, and that's something that was put together by my son. He's uh, an activist, he calls himself a hip-hop activist, which he is. And while I was there, I got to meet Sean, Mc, um, Sean Duke McFadder, who is the person that made GMAC. And when I got to talk to him and I just seen how he moved, of course, you know, I was intrigued and I wanted to know more. So I started to talk to him and I found out more about his organization. So GMAC was created when um, Mr. McFadder was in prison. And he wanted to become a part of the solution instead of a part of the problem. You know, he identifies as blood. And where, when he was younger and before he knew better, he would, you know, promote violence and not try to stop it. As he grew and got older, and, you know, in prison and learning things, he realized that he wanted to become part of the solution. So he created it and he said, okay, it's going to be GMAC, Gangsters Making Astronomical Community Changes. So one of the things that they do is they actually go in community in areas that where crimes happen, you know, against each other. Um, they go in areas where drugs might be known for, and they do conflict resolution. They step in. They try to be the mediator between people so things don't happen, like shootings or violence and things like that. Um, sometimes they get injured in the mix. Sometimes they get harassed by the police. But they continue to go out there, and, they, and they're motivated, and they're in the fight. Um, Sean Duke has been able to get funding from the state because it is, you know, violence prevention. And he has over 29 staff members. He has two offices. And that's what they do. They go out, and they promote positivity. They promote, you know, violence not being the way. They promote other solutions to problems. And in doing this, they actually see results. They have over a 20% decrease in gun violence in Brooklyn. And, you know, that's a large number. That's something I think that anyone would be happy to have in their city. And one of the reasons why I'm so intrigued by them and I'm trying to mirror what they do is because where I'm from, which is Wilmington, Delaware, we have a, a high crime rate when it comes to the youth. Um, right now, there's an active gang war between the youth and these youth are in, in the ages of 22 and under, and they're going at it. They're going back and forth. So I feel like a program like GMAC could definitely be beneficial there, and it could be beneficial, like, all over America, um, just of people that are motivated and have the time and the spirit and the want to help those that need the assistance, you know? I think it's an awesome program. I support it 100%. Fantastic. Are you interested in, in do you are you interested in the in that organization though the uh, that my yeah. 
Um, the King Stop Killing Kings is something definitely. Like I said, this particular one was done in Baltimore, but he's mm-hmm. done them in different states across the nation. And I think that it is it. I would love for him to come to Wilmington also. You know, it's a lot going on in the world right now. He's actively engaged in what's going on. But Breonna Taylor, he even moved down the, into that area so he could be more supportive of, of that cause. So, but, you know, in time, I would definitely love for him and his rally to come there. Because when I was there in Baltimore, it, it, like, it motivated me in a way that I needed. Like, I got to see the kids, you know what I mean? I got to see the, the men in our community talking about what was going on. I got to see the community come together. And it was, it was the first rally that I actually ever went to. So I think it kind of helped spearhead me more into what I was doing. Like I was already interested. I was already blogging. I was already writing articles. But when I went to that rally, that's when I really became active in what I do. And this was in 2019. This was before like George Floyd and stuff like that. That's when I'm like, this is what I want to do. I want to be more out there. I want to be boots on ground, you know, so yeah, I definitely think that organization, both of those organizations, is something that can be carried across the nation and be beneficial. Oh, that it, it feels so good to hear because we all we do talk about really what it means for community to come together and be self empowered so that they can find the solutions and and put forth the solutions uh, for themselves to uh, make the changes uh, for their own safety and, again, self-determination just through the power of the community. A lot of the organizations that are giving back to the community, they they don't get, like, the recognition on the news that all the Mm -hmm. ones that that are doing bad things do. So a lot of times as I go through the Internet or I go through life, a lot of people really don't know about this stuff and they just feel like, we're just running around, you know, and we thought, well, how can Black Lives Matter? Y'all don't care about our lives. And it's like, of course we do. There's right. hundreds and thousands of people and millions of people that do. But the, the media only pushes the stuff that is bad. Like, anytime, like, we're giving out food in the community, like Black Lives Matter, Wilmington, we give out food to the community and clothes and stuff. The news is never there for that. You know, but if we're doing a protest and they don't know what might happen, they want to come or if they, they might want to, if if some crime going on there, you know, first on the scene, no one is putting out there the good stuff that people are doing. Like you never heard of the GMAC or King's Killing, or King Stop Killing Kings, but these are major movements, you know what I mean? And the, but the news don't ever cover them. It's, un, it's unfortunate. Uh, Jay Renee, thank you so much for letting the people know some of this amazing work that other people are doing. But I would love for you now to let the folks know the work that you are doing. Okay, um, sure. Well, the organization that I have with a rapper, Dana Jane, is called Hip Hop Humanism. And when we started Hip Hop Humanism, we didn't really know what it was going to become. But we did feel like hip-hop and humanism went together, especially when we were growing up and when Dana was more, you know, active in the rap scene. Rappers and hip-hop artists, they cared about their community. They cared about their hood. They rapped about what was going on there. They rapped 
things to uplift it and things like that. So the one thing that we knew we wanted to do was to showcase and promote and find positive hip-hop artistry because we believe that hip-hop is very powerful. I mean, it affects how people dress. It affects the places that they want to go. It even affects their vernacular and words that we use and stuff. So we know that hip-hop is very powerful. So we wanted to, you know, put more positive hip-hop artistry out there. So I ended up moving back to Delaware in 2017 once I separated from the military. And I seen a drastic change in the area that I was from. I'm from Wilmington. So I'm just sitting on my grandfather's porch, the house that I grew up in, and I'm just looking at the neighborhood. I see a decline in how it looks. I see that there's a lot more police activity. I see that there's young kids just running around at different times of the night. Um, when I first got there, I was using public transportation. So this gave me the ability to see just more of the climate and stuff that was going on, especially with our children. And um, one night I was sitting at my mother's house, and she stays in this park called Browntown. And it's a lot of crime that happens there. So about the third night I was there, and I'm hearing sirens, and I'm like, man, these kids need a way out. So we started this initiative called A Kid's Way Out. So what we do on this initiative is we use a thing called asset-based community development. And what that is is we go into a, a situation, into a community, and we see the things that they already have. And then we see what the kids are interested in. So we use those things and we build grassroots programs that the children can come to that shows mentorship, um, shows them there's a way there's other things to do besides crime. It's the way out, you know? And it also gives them ability to have somewhere to go. Where that might be, you know, they're like, hey, man, let's go do this. And it's like, no, i got to go to this art program. But, oh, no, i got to go to the studio. This is what I'm doing. So it gives them a way out in that way, too, without maybe looking like a quote-unquote coward amongst the kids. We know as adults they're not cowards, but, you know, it can be a little different when you're in that scene and you're dealing with peer pressure and stuff like that. So one of the successful programs that we've had, and we unfortunately we weren't able to do it this time around because of COVID, is Andre Saunders, We Teach Kids to Fish. And pretty much what we do is a community effort. We have community volunteers. We have donations. And we teach the children how to fish. Brandywine River is one of the biggest water sources that goes through Wilmington. So that's exactly where we go. We teach the kids how to fish. We mentor them. They get to learn and do something outside of getting in trouble and video games and stuff like that. And we also gave out book bags and school supplies. And it was just a really good community event. Um, another thing that we got to do before I ended up getting sick is I had an art program that I started. And I got the privilege of going to a high school and I got the privilege of working with fourth and fifth graders. And just cultivating the arts, you know, like, a lot of times kids are really good at things and they're interested in things. And sometimes parents don't see that. So they don't get to cultivate those things. Um, me and uh, some of my colleagues and friends had a conversation and we're all in our um, late 30s, early 40s. And we all said, man, I wish that our parents would have paid more attention in the things that we were good at and the things that we wanted to do. So one of the things we want to try to avoid is having the, the kids coming up feeling the same way. You know, they say, when you know better, you do better. Um, I'm working on trying to get a music program started. In the Delaware area, music is very popular. 
I used to be one of the baddest freestylers there was, you know. Yeah. Everybody, you know what I mean? But it's it's rich in our culture, and I know the kids. So I wanted to give, you know, give kids an opportunity to go to the studio, learn how to make a song, um, learn how to engineer it. Or if they were a rapper, you know, help cultivate and help them grow as a lyricist. And, you know, just get something out of that and give them something else to do besides, you know, crimes and things like that. So in these programs, I don't want to limit to Delaware. This is something I want to spread across, you know, all of the United States. And when it comes to the programs, I named them after wherever I started, like Andre Saunders, who teach kids the same. He was the one that sparked that idea. He was the one that was the most zealous. So I named it after him. So anywhere the extension program will be, it'll be Andre Saunders who teach kids the same. So it's just about you know, our most valuable resource are our children, and that's my life work. Is besides, you know, fighting for the injustices for adults and stuff, kids are really where my heart is, and I believe in cultivating them. You know, looking out for them, teaching them, helping them grow, so they can get, so they can become the best that they can be. You know, that is just it. Actually, brings tears to my eyes, J. Renee, because we just. You're bringing back something that is just so fundamental, really, and that is um, when you when you first started this, you were talking about finding out what the kids are interested in. Like, right. They are so dynamic. They're 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 malleable when they're when they're young. Exactly. They have exactly. so many interests, and when you give them the opportunity to um, to see more, the more of the possibilities about who they are and emerge. Uh, anything's possible. You are right. Exactly. It's so beautiful the work that you are doing. And um, I want people to be able to get in touch with you um, okay. if you would like. So please, uh, yes, sure. let the people know how they can get in touch with you so that they can look for your work moving into the future. You can reach me on all social media platforms under The J. Renee. That's T-H-E-J-A-Y-R-E-N-E. And that's all Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. T-H-E-J-A-Y-R-E-N-E. Reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you. You can send me your music, tell me your programs and your dreams, and I'll try to help you the best I can. Fantastic. And also, where can they find your documentary? Is that on YouTube? Yes. My documentary, um, one of the things I'm working on is I'm trying to do a series all across the nation of the United States. And the my documentaries are called 12. And I'm going to each state and the cities and talking to them about the corruption of the police and the judicial system. You can find it on YouTube under 12. The first one is 12 colon the first state, and it'll pop right up. Fantastic. Jay Renee, thank you so much for all of your beautiful, inspiring, loving work. And I love hip-hop humanism. Woo, that's beautiful. Oh. <laughs> thank you alright sure. you are just such a powerful sister thank you so much for joining us today thanks for having me alright you've been listening to and hopefully feeling inspired by Jay Renee if all goes well we will be in com- we meaning Malik and I will be in conversation with her husband Kwame Teague as well as Jay Renee next week. So I invite all of you to join us next week, Thursday at 11 a.m. here on Prison Focus Radio. I also had the opportunity to ask Jay Renee if she had any last words that she would like to share with us. 
again, I want to thank you for letting me speak and for the listeners. All I have to say is, you know, all it takes is one person. You might not be a strong organization, but you can be one person. And if you see someone who needs help, especially a child, be that one person. You know, if you, we want to cultivate our youth. We want to inspire them. We want to make them better than us. If you have a little person in your life, you should inspire them to be better than you and assist them in that. They only know what we teach them and they can only grow for what we plan. So take care of our babies and put love into them and you'll see them grow and flourish. And don't forget that hip hop is in the hood. Yes. Thank you so much, Jay Renee. Um, I really appreciate you. I appreciate you too, dog. All right, beautiful people. Thank you for sharing space with me this morning. Remember to visit all the websites to get your education, your inspiration, and your activism on. Go to the California Prison Focus website at prisons.org. You can look at all the newspaper archives and listen to past radio shows, and you can get the radio shows wherever you get your podcasts. Also, visit the San Francisco Bayview's website at sfbayview.com. And last but not least, please join in the campaign and share with your friends um, the Liberate Liberate Our Caged Elders campaign that is being put forth by Liberate the Caged Voices. And you can go to the campaign website at liberatecagedvoices.wixsite.com slash site. That's Liberate Caged Voices, all one word, W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot com slash site, S-I-T-E. Remember to please also stay beautiful, stay connected, always look to your community. All right, that's our show. Get ready for Work Week with Steve Seltzer.